Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday morning, and welcome to the morning devotion live here at Christ Life Ministries. I'm just trying to get my phone here online so I can see who is here and who's commenting. So bless you. It's good to see you. So uh, I want to just speak about surrender today, and uh, I want to take a little bit of a different angle, and I just want to well, different angle. It's, it's stuff that we know, stuff that we've been talking about actually recently. But um, I'm going to start in Romans chapter 8. So uh, I think the big challenge to the human nature is to, to surrender, to, to give over to God so that God can live in us and through us. So the cross is an invitation to come and die. The cross is an invitation to to come and end everything. Everything that you used to, everything that you were used to thinking, everything that you were used to saying, everything that you were used to feeling, your whole life, it stops. It's not an invitation to come and work for something and work on yourself so that you can get rewarded for the work that you've done to change yourself. It is a replacement of identity. So the cross is a place where you lose your opinion. The cross is a place, I love what Bill Johnson says, I live without options. So the cross is a place where you lose all the other options. Uh, it's, a, it's a place where you die and where you don't live for yourself anymore. So I love what Mark Hankins also says. Um, he says, he speaks in the same direction. The other day I saw something live of him and he, and he said, uh, it's, not, it's not about trying to change. But he says, you need to come to, to the cross to come and die. Okay, so yes, it means that you deny your flesh what it wants. Okay, <laughs> until it's gone. Okay, so it's about dying, but it's about li- letting Christ live in you and through you. All right, so there's a new life reserved for us, there's new works, there's a new experience, there's new emotions, there's new thoughts, new words. There's a new path, a new destiny that is revealed for us as we surrender to Jesus. He's not going to force himself on us. Okay? So we need to surrender to him and we need to give over control. Give up control. All right. So um, it is not so much about you having to change yourself. All right, so the power of surrender is in following the Spirit, is in submitting to the Spirit, is in letting Him live in you, live through you. Okay. Jesus is already holy. Jesus is already perfect. Jesus already conquered sin. Jesus already conquered death. Jesus already did all of that, and he, and he already demonstrated it. He 
did all the works perfectly, fulfilled the law perfectly. It was already accomplished in human flesh. And now the result of that is what he gives us for free. But for you to receive it, you need to surrender. So there's a, there's a price to pay. The price that you need to pay is the natural life in exchange for the supernatural life. Now, if we really get perspective on this, there's not much to say about the equation. It's like trading, you know, your dog's stuff that he leaves on the lawn for gold. <laughs> that's the trade. <laughs> so, but that's all we know. It's all we've experienced. And we feel threatened by it because it, it means there's an end to us. We surrender our will to him. So surrender means you surrender your will to him. So the flesh nature, the problem with, with temptation is you want it. If you didn't want it, you would, it wouldn't be called temptation. It's a, it's a desire, but it's a desire contrary to the desire of the spirit. All right? So, if we let him live, he has already conquered those things. He's already overcome it. He's already deprived it of its power. All right, so let's just read some in, in Romans chapter 8. Let me just greet a few people. Hello, Janine and Phyllis Brown, bless you. And hello, Ma, Lakum Matasin. Greg from UK. Hello, Greg, Lakum Matasin. Dini from Donna Bay, bless you. It's lekker geweest om julle te sien na die dag, Dini. Blessings were. Okay, so Romans chapter 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation, no judging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, so who don't try to change themselves, by external norms written on stone. But after the dictates of the Spirit, those who allow the Holy Spirit inside them to speak to them and move them. Okay? For the law of the Spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has freed me from the law of sin and death. Okay. So we need to get this. Second Corinthians 3 says, verse 17, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So liberty is not when I conquer my flesh. Liberty is not when I change my bad habit. Liberty is when the spirit is in charge, where the spirit is manifested. And where the spirit is manifested, those things just vanish because he has already conquered it. Okay, so it's not in trying to do this, trying to do it, trying to stop this, trying to stop this. It is in surrendering, surrendering, surrendering your life to the Holy Spirit, surrendering your will to Him, surrendering your life to Him. And then suddenly those desires are gone. It's like it becomes a long, distant memory of someone else's life. Okay, it just fades out. It just disappears. You just realize, I don't struggle with that anymore. Okay, why? Because you are not fighting the Holy Spirit. You are surrendering to the Holy Spirit. Okay. All right. So for the law of the Spirit of life, which in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has set me free from the law of sin and death. 
Okay, so the law of sin and death keep, keeps us in bondage. It says it in Romans chapter 7. We can just quickly refer to it. Um, he says in verse 5, When we were living in the flesh, the mere physical lives, the sinful passions that were awakened and aroused up by what the law makes sin, we're constantly operating in our natural powers, in our bodily organs, in the sensitive appetites and wills of the flesh, so that we bore fruit for death. But now we are discharged from the law and have terminated all intercourse with it, having died to what once restrained and held us captive. So the law of Moses combined with the flesh nature is bondage. And that causes you not to be able to bear fruit for God but to bear fruit for death, okay? So sinful passions are awakened by the law, okay? So it says here in verse 8, uh, sin finding opportunity in the commandment to express itself got a hold on me and aroused stimulated all kinds of forbidden desires, for without the law, sin is dead. So the power of sin, 1 Corinthians 15, is the law. The sting of death is sin, power of sin is the law. Right, so back to Romans chapter 8. Okay, the law of spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, has set me free. So that's the freedom of the law of sin and death. From the law of sin and death, that's the bondage. Uh, for God has done what the law, the bondage, could not do. Its power being weakened by the flesh. So the flesh combined with the law equals bondage. The entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit. So it defines the flesh here in the Amplified Translation as the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit. So the freedom, your true nature as God intended you, he, the, your perfection, your, as he wanted you from the beginning, is you plus the Holy Spirit. You plus the Holy Spirit is... Christ in the flesh on earth and God's kingdom being established. Okay? You without the Holy Spirit is bondage and death and you are in bondage under the law. Okay? So he says, sending his son in the guise of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, God condemned sin in the flesh, subdued it, overcame it, and deprived it of its power over all who accept that sacrifice. So Jesus already subdued it he already overcame it he already deprived it because he came in the guise of sinful flesh so he didn't come as uh someone floating around on a cloud you know with with a halo and one you know like a guru sitting there meditating in a cave he, that wasn't the way he came he came in sinful flesh and he looked just like everyone else and, and that's why when we started doing the miracles, they struggled to recognize him. It's like, how can this guy from Nazareth, we know where he comes from. How can he say he's the son of God? And he was offended at him. But he could do things that no one else could. All right. So he came in the guise of sinful flesh. Hebrews chapter 4 says he, he was um, tempted in every respect as we are without sin. So that means every temptation or evil desire, contrary desire, that you need to surrender is already surrendered in him. So what you need is him. 
If he's in control, those things can't be in control. If you surrender to him, the focus is not even the desire. The focus is that you surrender to him. That you, you bring it, you say, Lord, this is what I'm struggling with. But then you just say, Lord, here I am. Come live in me. You who are holy and perfect. You who conquered death. You who subdued sin and overcame and deprived it of his power. Lord, everything that I am, everything that I have, here I am. If you can use it, come and live in me. Come and dwell in me. Something that Catherine Kuhlman said, that she prayed constantly. And she walked in power, man. But she was also dramatic. I, I just love her. So, <laughs> so she, she said... I was born without talent. <laughs> and she had, the, in, she had this red frizzy hair. And, and they would say, she said, as a baby, they would just look into, into the, the pram and just say, what a healthy child. <laughs> so she said she had nothing going for her. She said, Lord, I have nothing. I have nothing to give you, but if you can take nothing and use it, here I am. And that's what she meant when she said, he's not looking for golden vessels or silver vessels. He's looking for available vessels. Okay. Yeah, we have the standing joke. Okay. My, my wife's maiden name is Vessels. <laughs> so... Which is a Dutch name, but meaning totally diff something different. But we always say, yeah, the vessels of glory. Okay, so, so available vessels. <laughs> so <clears throat> when you are surrendered and your plans is now thrown out the door. Say, Lord, here I am. What do you want to say today? What do you want to do today? <clears throat> Not having a backup plan in your head. I want to sneak this in and I do this. Yeah. Not asserting yourself before God, but surrendering, yielding your will to him. Okay? That's freedom. So what you're in fact doing is you're limiting yourself. But then you have much more expression than you would ever have had. Because the things that people seek out to express themselves in keep them there. Okay? And it keeps them in bondage. All right? So it, it always has, it's alluring. It always has the, the promise of something satisfying. And, and then it grabs you and it hits you. Okay? But in Christ, his promises are sure. It's yes and amen. What you see is what you get. And what he says to you is, <clears throat> if you can receive my word, if you can receive my spirit, I'll give you eternal life. I'll give you power over every deadly thing, over every sickness. If you can surrender your life, every word that you speak will be powerful in the kingdom of God. You'll be a ruler in the kingdom. If you can receive my grace and receive my righteousness. Okay? His righteousness is the Holy Ghost. His grace is the Holy Ghost. So if you can receive and surrender to the Holy Ghost, guess, guess what? The fullness of God is in you, and every word you say will happen. What a, what a blessing. Okay, so 
it's obviously not to be used for personal gain because the moment you do that, you're not operating in his power anymore. Okay? <laughs> so then it becomes manipulation and control. So preachers know the difference between God's authority and manipulation and control. Okay, so um, we need to know that he has already overcome everything. I don't need to overcome anything. I need to surrender to him. Stop thinking out excuses of why you are where you are. Oh, I'm here because of what happened, this, what happened to me there. I'm always a victim, you know. This happened, and now I'm like this. Or I was born like this, so, you know, I can't change it. Hey, 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 what is the Holy Spirit saying? What's the Holy Spirit saying about you? What's the Holy Spirit saying about your situation? What's the Holy Spirit saying? Where, what should you be thinking about today? What should you be speaking today? What should you be doing today? That's your freedom. Okay? You, you are filled then with a burning fire, with freedom, joy, and peace like you never knew. Okay? So surrender... Uh, freedom, freedom is not at all to be found outside of the Holy Spirit. Where the Spirit is, there is freedom. If you, if you think that uh, whatever the flesh can offer you has something for you, then that's, that's the deception. You, If you think you can find fulfillment there, you know, there might be some desire that, you, that you're seeking. But it can never fulfill you. It's a lie. It's a deception. It will always leave you empty, feeling condemned. It will always leave you, you know, without promise, with, without fulfillment. It's never going to fulfill you. There's nothing for you there. But you've got treasures in Christ. But you've got to go seek it out. Okay. So Colossians chapter 3 says, I, I'm just speaking, you know, but Colossians chapter 3 says, uh, if then you are risen to a new life with Christ. You know, we've been speaking about this thing of being dead and being raised up in a new life with Christ. You know, the baptism, Romans chapter 6, I die and Christ lives. So Colossians chapter 2, he says in the end, if then you have been buried with Christ, if you've died with Christ, why do you seek at, why do you, 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 live according to human rules why are you living according to human principle and precepts saying don't touch this don't eat that don't do this don't do that okay to do such things is to form to follow human principles and doctrines and it popularly passes for wisdom but it only serves to indulge in the flesh so to do the the religion thing is an indulgence of flesh it's not making you holy that is resistance towards God. To, to do the religious thing. You know, sometimes in churchianity you see a lot of religion. Okay? To do the religious thing. That is rebellion towards God. That is not surrendering towards Him. I don't care how hard you work in church. Okay? You need to surrender your mind, your thought, your heart. Okay, so now back to Colossians 3. It says, if then you've been risen with Christ, aim at and seek the things, the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand. He speaks of those treasures earlier in Colossians chapter 2. He says, uh, 
In him lies all the treasures of wisdom and insight and revelation. It's hidden, it's stored up in him in that place. Okay, so he says, if then you have been risen, aim at those, those things. Seek it on purpose. Focus. Set your mind and keep it set on the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand. With other words, where Christ has already overcome, where Christ is already in a place of authority. Get your mind there. That's surrender. And then he says, for as far as this world is concerned. Now, most of the time when the Bible speaks of this world, you know, the, the word world there refers to the Jewish system of religion. Because that was what was going on in that period of time. So it's, it speaks of that system, like Hebrews says, uh, Hebrews 9, it speaks of the tabernacle, but it was one of this world. It speaks of the Touchfield Sea realm, but it's, it refers to it in a religious context. Okay, so do not be, Romans chapter 12, do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the entire renewal of your mind. So set your mind. Keep it set on the things that are above where Christ is seated. Not on the things that are of this world. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died. And your new real life is hidden. It's a mystery. With Christ in God. And when Christ appears, you will appear with him. In the splendor of his glory. So kill the evil desires lurking in your members. He didn't say, so kill the evil desires. So kill the evil desires. How? Keep your mind. Set it on Christ. Keep it on things that are above. It kills the evil desire. That is surrender. Surrender is to take all of your being and focus it on him. So that the Holy Spirit can think in you. And if you have the mind of Christ, the Holy Spirit thinking in you, you have the renewal of the mind. The renewal of the mind is not me trying to think like the Holy Spirit. The renewal of the mind is the Holy Spirit thinking like the Holy Spirit in me. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live. So that is a statement of faith. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. Christ lives within me. And the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Therefore, I do not treat God's uh, gracious gift as something of minor importance, and thus defeat its very purpose. For if, Jesus, if, if justification comes by obedience to the law, then Jesus Christ died in vain. Yeah. All right. So... Surrender, I didn't even get to the verses that I wanted to start with yet. Okay, but I just want to read to you this. Um, just listen. Uh, listen properly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fully met in us. who live and move not in the ways of the flesh, but in the ways of the spirit. Our lives governed not by the standards according to the dictates of the flesh or the law of Moses, but according to the Holy Spirit. Okay, so you're guided by the Holy Ghost. So your mind is not on the stuff that you're not supposed to do. Your mind is on Christ, the higher things. Okay, verse 5. For those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires, set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. 
But those who are according to the Spirit and are controlled by the desires of the Spirit set their minds on and seek those things that gratify the Holy Spirit. Okay. You always see these two paired. People in the flesh always meditating on stuff of the flesh. People in the Spirit are always meditating on stuff of the Spirit. Okay? So, when, when do these two get mixed up? It's when your mind is on the wrong stuff. It's nothing else. It's not your childhood. It's not what happened to you. It's not your circumstances. It's not COVID. There's, no, there's nothing else. Where's your mind? Okay? Is your mind on the stuff of the flesh, stirring up the forbidden desires, or is your mind on the spirit? So if your mind is on the stuff of the flesh, the desires come, the temptation comes like this. And that's what Romans 7 says, essentially. is That's the problem with the law, is the law stirs up the forbidden desire, because the law focuses your attention on what you're not supposed to do. The law t- tells you who you are not, and if you're focused on who you are not, you become who you, are, who you were never designed to be. So the law says you shall not steal. So you think steal, steal, steal. Okay, I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to steal. Okay, so if the law didn't tell you there's something like stealing, how would you have meditated on it? You're not so supposed to commit adultery. Oh, I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look. Oh, yes? Okay, get your mind. Forget this whole circus. Set it on Christ. On the things that are above where Christ is seated. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You are my whole world. You are everything that exists. Those that are according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Okay. So now you've set your mind. You've changed your focus. He's called repentance. Simple as that. So now that he's got your attention, now the Holy Spirit can show you his thoughts. And the renewal of the mind starts taking place. Okay. So it's through fellowship. But the fellowship is not going to happen if your attention is on other stuff. He's going to constantly pull you, pull you, pull you, pull you. But somewhere you need to get to a point where you say, Lord, here I am. Take everything off me. Use me to your glory. Let my mind be filled with you. Let the meditation of my heart and the thoughts of my mind be acceptable to you. Okay? So if you see your mind is wandering elsewhere, take your mind and set it somewhere good. Paul says it in Philippians 4 also. He says, whatever is kind and winsome and winnable, whatever is of good report, whatever is lovable, whatever is, whatever is good. If it's good, think on it. Yeah. And the God of peace shall be with you. Yeah. I, I need you to understand this. Where's your mind? Yeah. So getting your mind out of the gutters and setting it on what is on Christ in, in above causes your attention to be on him so that he can renew your mind. Take the word and meditate on it so that the Holy Spirit can come and reveal his mind to you. It's not going to happen by just going on, going on, going on. I want to empower you for the renewal of the mind. So what's the empowerment? Set your mind. Something you've got to do. Meditate on the word day and night. Okay? Because it is a mind space that is conducive for the Holy Ghost to speak to you. It's your attention is tuned in on the right channel. And then the Holy Spirit comes and he renews your mind. All right? You die, he lives. 
So you deny oxygen to Adam. But in fact, he's actually already dead. Buried. He's just gone. All right. So those who are according to the flesh are controlled by its unholy desire, set their minds on the things that are on the flesh. Those who are according to the Spirit set their minds on the things that, are, that gratify the Holy Spirit. So find out what the Holy Spirit wants. Meditate on the Word. Okay, verse 6. Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. The mind of the flesh, this 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 wrinkle. The mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. Why do people die? Why is there death in the world? Well, what's in the minds, in the collective consciousness of humanity? What are people thinking about? What are people speaking about? Is it the Holy Ghost? That's why we need revival. The mind of the flesh is death. Sense and reason without the Holy Ghost. Death. Death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life. And so peace both now and forever. Okay, mind of the Holy Spirit is life. Okay, you stupid, senseless, foolish, unreflecting Galatians. Galatians 3 verse 1. Who has tricked you? Who has fascinated you? Who has cast a spell over you? You unto whom before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was graphically set forth and portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by doing the works of the law or was it by hearing a message of faith and believing it? Okay? So how did you get the Holy Spirit? The word was preached to you. How did you receive the Holy Spirit? By faith, by hearing and believing the word. All right? So now you have, you have the Holy Spirit. So the mind of the Spirit is life. Okay, so what do you do? What do you get when you believe in Jesus? Eternal life. The mind of the Spirit is life and soul peace. Okay, so now let's just jump to Romans 8 verse 10. But if Christ lives in you, then although your natural body is dead by reason of sin and guilt, the Spirit is alive because of the righteousness that he imputes to you. So first, he makes your spirit alive because of righteousness that comes to you when you believe the gospel. Then if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who is, who is raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore to life your mortal bodies through him who dwells in you. So how is it going to happen? Think what the spirit thinks. You've got the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is life. Yeah. And if, you, if you're meditating, if you're thinking what God is thinking, there will be life in you. And if there's life in you, it will touch your body. Yeah. You will live. Yeah. We need to really get this. You need to surrender your thought life to the Holy Ghost. Stop fighting him. And take the word and meditate on it day and night. Okay. So, uh, one last verse. Romans chapter 12. I quoted it earlier. A little bit. A bit of it. But let's read it. 
So it comes down to what are you thinking, what are you meditating on, and you've got a role to play. You can't, just, you, you, you can't determine every thought that comes into your head. But you can take it by the hand, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, into the obedience of Christ and walk it to the cross. You can take that thing and you can bring it into obedience of the cross. Every thought pattern, every thought, train of thought, let it end at the cross. You have the control to do that. Until your, your brain is, is receiving less and less of that and more and more, you know? Okay. So your, your brain has a role to play, but the spirit has a role to play, and your soul has a role to play. So on every of, that, of those levels, we need the word. On every of those levels, we need the spirit of God. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you. So if we had no role to play, why is he appealing? I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies. Presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. So you are spiritual when you've got your body under control. But you are spiritual, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, when you've got the mind of Christ. Right? So you will not have your body under control if the Spirit of God is not in control of your soul dimension. Okay. So um, let's just read on. Otherwise, I'm going to take a long rabbit trail. Okay. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. This world, this religious age. But be transformed. It's, it's the sinful world and it's the religious world. Both. Okay? But be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind. Okay? By its new ideals, new attitude. So there's a new attitude. Ephesians says, uh, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So how does the Holy Ghost come to you? Oh, mind of Christ. How does it come to you? Oh, you heard the gospel. You believed it. So on purpose, hear the gospel. On purpose, take the word and meditate on it. And then the Spirit of God gets the chance to renew your mind. It's simple as that. Okay, simple as that. So it's not you walking around trying to renew your mind. It's you meditating on the scriptures and then the Spirit renews your mind. All right? But you've got a role to play. All right. It's new ideals and new attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. So some people know what the will is, but they can't prove it. They can't do it, Romans 7, because they're stuck in the flesh. The thing that I want to do, I don't do. The thing that I don't want to do, I'm always doing. What's the difference? Surrender. What do you need to surrender? Kopo, kopo. Like William says. <laughs> What are you thinking? What are you meditating? What are you pursuing? What desire is activated in your heart? And what desire are you stirring up by your thought life? All right? So let us meditate on the things of God. I think it's better to have desires active in you in, in line with healing the sick, raising the dead, and preaching the gospel, meditating on those things, you know, like supernatural financial breakthroughs and Miracle oil dripping from the roof and, you know, uh, gold dust everywhere in the church and gemstones falling. All the supernatural stuff, you know, and being able to prophesy and call out words of knowledge and, 
you know, raising the dead. It's a better desire. It's a better desire than running around wanting to hurt everybody because they differ from you. Or, a, or a, another desire to take something from someone else because they've got more than you. Hmm? Or the desire to change yourself. So, let the desires of the Holy Ghost be in us. Okay? Let, it, it starts with us hearing a message. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2, I want to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Okay? And then he says in verse 4 in the Amplified, my words were not in the demonstration, my words did not come to you in eloquence of speech, but they were in the demonstration of the Holy Ghost and power. Stirring in the minds of my hearers most holy emotions and thus persuading them. So with the word comes the feelings, the heart purposes, the thoughts of the Holy Ghost. The he himself comes to abide. The law of the spirit of life which is in Christ Jesus has set me free from the external outside law of sin and death. Right. So, First um, Corinthians 2, I'm going on a long time, I know. First Corinthians 2, last verse says, but we, since the natural man does not accept into his heart the gifts, teachings, and revelations of the Holy Spirit. Because it's meaningless nonsense to him. But the spiritual man knows all things and tries all things. He is put on trial by no man. But we have the mind of Christ. And we do hold the thoughts, and feelings, and purposes of his heart. All right. So may you know thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. Surrender to him. If you know who he really is. If you know how full of love he is and how full of life he is, if you can see him for who he really is, um, then the hunger to know him more will just increase. Okay? So, um, get, get your mind. Surrender your mind to him. Meditate on the scripture. All right. I think that's said enough. I've said too much. This is a long thing. It's supposed to have been shorter. But bless you. Thank you for watching. I'll see you again tomorrow morning at 9. Love you guys. And I uh, hope you have an awesome day. I'm so thankful for the rain that we have here in Pretoria. Okay, so be blessed. Amen.